ice fishing can be a funny game, especially when you do not fish with electronics or an underwater camera. You drill a hole, you stare down into the abyss, and you wait. You just never know what might bite. Well, 13-year-old Zach Patterness understands. He was on the ice this winter when a sort of magic happened. Today, his tale. I'm Bill Shirk. I hunt, I fish, I camp, and I tell stories too. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Zach, it's great to talk to you today. We caught you just after school. What grade are you in? What school are you at? Um, I'm at Hutchinson, or sorry, Hutchinson Middle School, yep. and I'm 13. And you're studying all kinds of stuff these days. Would you rather be in the classroom or out fishing? Fishing, for <laughs> sure. All right, so when you're not studying at school, do you have hobbies? Um, I like to fish, and I shoot trap, and I do baseball and football. How's your trap team? Uh, they're pretty good. I just joined last year, so I'm not the greatest at it yet, but we're getting there. So, you know, right now, trap teams, the number one high school activity in the state of Minnesota, bigger than really? any sport, bigger than bands. It's a big deal. So I'm glad you're doing that. Mm-hmm. All right. You said you like to fish too. Are you yep. an open water angler or do you like ice fishing? Uh, both mostly. I'm, I think we mostly do open water, but I do enjoy ice fishing as well. Do you shore fish or do you guys have a boat? Uh, we have a boat. All right. So if, if you can pick one thing to fish for, like what, what species are you going to chase? Probably walleyes. Oh, that's a good one. So you're a pretty good walleye angler then. I wouldn't say pretty good. I would say if we like to fish for them. I wouldn't say if we catch them all the time, but... <laughs> All right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about a very special day you had this winter. Before we do that, I need to thank just a couple of the sponsors who helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. I'm Bill Schrick, the man about the woods, and these are the stories behind the stories. Up first, we want to thank our friends at the Minnesota Propane Association. Most people agree that we need to lower our carbon footprint while providing reliable and affordable energy. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today. That's ready to work alongside with other energy sources, and it's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid. And propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane that is compatible with the traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. To find out more about what propane can do for you, visit propane.com. Also, I want to thank our friends at Connecticut. You know, spring is close, and that means we are going to be back at the cabin real soon. For the Shirks, that means Connecticut water in the woods. Last summer, 
we were lucky enough to add Connecticut water at the cabin. And oh boy, what a difference. For as long as I can remember, we have dealt with that stinky, foul well water. But after a four-hour painless installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make early morning coffee before getting out in the fishing boat. We have great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Okay, Zach Patternus is a young angler from Hutchinson, Minnesota, who loves to fish. You said you like open water fishing, but my sense is you like ice fishing too. Like how many times have you been out on the ice this winter? Um, probably around 10, 12 times, I would say. So this year pretty good compared to most kids. And are you always out kind of around Hutchinson or do you guys travel all over the place to go fishing? Um, mostly around here. I mean, there's some lakes that are 45 minutes away that we go to, but so, yeah, so most mostly around here. I think that's generally what it is. All right. So So when you go out walleye fishing on the ice, are you catching fish? It really depends. I mean, sometimes we'll go out and catch our limit, or sometimes we'll go out and catch nothing. Yeah. Or sometimes you'll go out there and just catch one big fish and nothing else. It just really depends. Sounds like walleye fishing. Do you have a favorite kind of bait you like to use, or do you use all kinds of different stuff? Um, generally just a buckshot with a minnow head on it or just a simple dead stick. Tried and true. Two of the most, mm-hmm. uh, worthy ways to fish. All right. I want to talk about a day you had this winter. A few weeks back, was it you and your dad? You guys made a trip up north for a fishing tournament. Was it the two of you or were there others with you? So it was me, my dad, my grandpa, and my uncle. And then we had a family friend that also went up there. There being Brainerd, Brainerd. for yep. the ice fishing extravaganza, which is the world's largest ice fishing tournament. It's actually a big time fundraiser for the Confidence Learning Center, which gets young adults with uh, disabilities outdoors. Um, had you ever been to that tournament before? Or was this the first time? Uh, this is my second year. I went the year previous. Whose idea was it to start going to the tournament? Um, My grandpa and my uncle have been going there since it started. Oh, wow. And then my great-grandpa, who already passed, um, he went there for since it started, too. So it's been kind of like a family tradition. Good for you guys. I did not know that. And and you, the first time they say, hey, we're going to go out with 13,000 people in ice fish. What are you thinking? Um, I didn't really think a whole lot. I mean, I was excited to go, but it's kind of been like a family tradition and I kind of knew kind of all about it. So over the years, I thought, I thought it was really cool. Like your dad, your grandfather, I mean, have have they always caught fish or do they normally go and catch nothing? Um, my grandpa said he used to caught one fish and it was too small to register. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which, all right, you've been there two years now. Like, how do you describe the scene of that tournament to somebody who's never seen it? Um, uh, there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of people. Um, 
usually it's pretty cold, you know, <laughs> but yeah. you're walking around, talking to people, making new friends, and it's really awesome. So a few years ago, with our good friends at Strike Master Ice Sagers, we came up with a concept or a story, right? It's the world's largest ice fishing tournament. Guess what that takes? The world's most ice fishing holes which they drill with Strike Master Auger. So we went to do a story on the day before. Kids get out of school in Brainerd. They get a day off to go drill holes. They really? bring in jail inmates to go out and drill holes. We found a guy who had flown in from San Diego. He's like, oh, yeah, I've always heard about this thing and just thought it'd be kind of cool. So I showed up to drill holes. Like, all these people volunteer and drill this entire bay full of, I think we, we did the story, Zach, it was like 22,000 holes. Yep. Yeah. We, we were actually, we actually stayed overnight in an ice castle the, the day before the contest and well, two and a half days before the, or a day and a half before the contest. And we got to watch him. Well, we didn't watch him a whole lot because the <laughs> wind was kind of blowing a bunch of snow around, yep. but we saw a little bit of it. Yeah, so you couldn't really see much. Cool. And yeah. All right. So the morning of the tournament, what's your, what's, what's your day? Like you get up, did you guys eat in the ice castle? Do you go into town? What, what, what do you do? Well, we got up, got dressed, kind of got all of our stuff ready to go, put it in the sled. Then we made some egg bake in the ice castle. So we ate breakfast and then our fam, our friend who, um, didn't stay overnight in the ice castle, but he came from Hutch that morning, picked out the spot. And then we just kind of went with them. So we went to the spot that they picked out. And you just picked whatever, six holes that are next to each other and kind of set up. Yep, pretty much. Uh, Going into a tournament like this, what are your expectations? You're 13 years old. Like, are you thinking, I'm going to catch a fish. I'm going to win today. I'm going to sit here, catch nothing and freeze my tail off. Like, what's your mindset? Um, well, normally... You don't catch anything, which is kind of not the point of it, but it's there to just have fun and be around friends and family and stuff. So, so you also had just an amazing attitude mm-hmm. about the day. Well, I like yeah. that. All right. So, so it's a tournament with lots of big prizes, right? Yeah. There, there's a winner with a big fish. And I think the reason I liked it always so much was they also have all these random the person with the 53rd largest fish is going to win an ATV or something like, do you have prizes on your mind? Do you, do you have a wish list when you go to do this thing? I mean, you always think of like, I could win this or I could win that, but it's never really like a serious thought. I mean, you're always like, yeah, I wish I could do this, but it's never like an actual serious thought. Cause you know, you're probably not going to win it. All right. So you're out fishing. Um, I'm guessing, are you using a buckshot? No, I was actually using, so there's a little, before I caught the walleye, I had caught a tulipy, which was actually in 25th place, which would have been a four-wheeler. Wow. But okay. I was using a, just a little, probably four, four millimeter tungsten jig and a wax worm. It was in the same spot as that tulipy was. So I yep. saw it on the graph, just reeled up to it and. A bit. <laughs> and, uh, well, we're going to get yeah, right took... in. We're going to get right into the story. Cause there you go. You're, 
you're telling it. So you see a blob on your fishing electronics. Yep. Yeah. So my dad was in a hole next to me and he had a live scope and I had a Vexlar. And there was a group of tubi that came in at about 30 feet and we're fishing in 55 feet of water. So with those two will be there. I reeled up because I'm thinking it's another two will be. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I reel up and there's just these faint little lines, which were the two will be. And then there's just this big dark line that came in right, right behind them. So what we were thinking happened was, is that that big wall I was out there chasing two will be. And it just, just happened to come upon my jig. So you see that blob, that line on the screen. Are you thinking, oh my gosh, this is a big fish, or is it not really that in your head? I just thought it was another toolie. Like it didn't really process in my head, like what it, like what it was, because it's, it's just another line, and with all the other smaller lines, so I think it's just a bigger toolie. So what happened? Like, did you feel something? I, did you just uh, what happened? So I was catching perch on the bottom so that's why i was on the bottom then i i reeled up to it and it bit exactly like the tool we bit it so i i reeled up to it i jigged it in front of it it missed it about four or five times and then one of the times it just tapped it a tiny little bit and i set the hook and at that point you're thinking another tulipy yeah yeah, I really didn't know what it was because at first I had my drag so light because it was a super light rod with a two-pound test. <laughs> okay, wow. So it just pulled drag right away. Like, I couldn't even reel. It was pulling so much drag. So I knew it was a pretty big fish as soon as I set the hook because, you know, it was just screaming drag and it didn't didn't stop at all. Meanwhile, your dad, your grandfather, are they just doing their own thing or at this point do they realize something's happening they need to help you um usually in a contest like this where you usually don't catch like any fish it's a pretty big deal when you do hook one so everyone kind of drops their things reels up and goes over to help you know like my uncle had to reach his arm down the hole to get it back up because it got stuck on the ice and my dad was there to pull it out and to help me kind of just help me with the whole fight so as it gets stuck underneath the ice, are you worried you're going to lose it? Uh, yeah, because it was, so it was a pretty big fish. So it, so on, usually with big fish like that, they don't want to come up. So it was just the head and the tail didn't fit up the hole. So it was just kind of stuck there laying there on the top of the ice or below the ice. So my uncle reached down and kind of pushed it and then it took off. And then when he reeled it back up again, it one up head first yikes scary so, like is anyone say, was, saying anything at this point are you screaming um, we're, we're we're all kind of quiet at that point just hoping to get it up the hole you know hoping that it doesn't break off because it's two pound test and it's rubbing on the ice and the fish is caught on the ice your heart's beating at this point do you remember uh yeah <laughs> i think everyone everyone's was at that point and but there's so many people there, kind of a crowd starts forming there when you're fighting a big fish like that. Yep. And the head, so, so the head comes up the hole, grandpa grabs it, then what? Uh, so yeah, my uncle grabbed it oh, and uncle. we just kind of, yep, yep. And then we just kind of tossed it up on the ice, took the jig out, filled a bag with a little bit of water and ran up to the booth. <laughs> Luckily we were pretty close. We were 
probably a couple hundred yards away. So it wasn't too too far of a run. When that fish came out, was there a reaction from all the people who were around you? Yeah, it was like a cheering crowd type deal. Unbelievable. <laughs> Everyone kind of went crazy because they didn't think it would be that big, and neither did we. All right, so you had caught a tulabi that you yep. had registered. How big was this walleye? This walleye was 9.45 pounds. Which for Gull Lake is a very big walleye. <laughs> yeah, for any lake, I think that's a very big walleye. So you're seeing this fish. Now what's going through your head? Like, just, this is definitely, like, this is my biggest fish. I wonder how big it is, is my first thought. And then my second thought is, I might win this. <laughs> like, because so I knew that it was up there in probably top five. So I'm just thinking what happens next you know so what time of day did you catch the fish i think it was probably 45 minutes to an hour at or before the contest ended wow all right so you go register your fish what happened to that walleye um so we weighed it so i took a couple pictures in the booth and then we weighed it they registered the fish and then we met we got a measurement on it like the length measurement it was 29 and a half wow and then they have like a little half drilled out kind of rectangle in the ice. And they have two holes on the end of it that are drilled all the way through. So it's kind of like a holding pool. And we put it in that holding pool and it turned upright and was splashing and swimming. And then we got it upright and it went right down the hole and swam off. So, so, it, it's, so it's still in the lake. It's swimming around in there. So, so for the next hour. What are you doing? What's going through your mind? Well, we just kind of packed up and went back into the uh, <laughs> uh, the city on ice. And just called it good. Like, yep. that's my yep. fish. Let's see what happens. Yeah, because we knew we weren't going to get anything bigger. All right. So, so, so how does the tournament end these days? Do they count it down? Is there a horn? How does that end? Um, I think there's like a flare that they shoot in the air at the beginning and at the end. Like a firework type deal. All right. So you hear that, and then what happens? And then it's just over, and they start doing kind of wrap the raffles and stuff, and everybody kind of heads to like the the uh, the like the shuttle buses and stuff after the raffles over. Usually, at this point, do you remember it being cold out, or were you kind of sweating? Um. I think ever after I, or ever since I caught that tube, I was pretty warm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going to get to the best part of the story in just a second, but first we need to thank a few of the sponsors to make the Minnesota bound podcast happen up first, the Minnesota historical society right now, the Minnesota historical society and the Minnesota history center are presenting Sherlock Holmes the exhibition step into victorian london and explore the world of sir arthur conan doyle's world famous detective you can learn about the powers of observation deduction and science while solving an interactive mystery you can try the hands-on gadgets and experiments that are based on real forensics and make learning fun see exactly how sherlock influenced both real detectives and pop culture 
Last chance, the exhibit closes April 2nd. Learn more at mnhs.org slash SherlockMN. Also, a big shout out to our friends at StarBank. Hi there, Ron Shera here for StarBank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own StarBank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call StarBank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Remember FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Okay, Zach Patternis catches a big walleye during the Brainerd Ice Fishing Extravaganza, labeled the world's biggest ice fishing tournament. Zach, you knew you had a big fish. The buzzer goes off. You guys put away your gear. You go to the stage. What happens? Um, well, at first they just kind of go through the raffles. I mean, they have like a big board there that shows kind of all the winners and stuff. There's 150 of them. So you're kind of waiting for the slide that shows like the first, the top. <laughs> See my name there. It's kind of, kind of crazy. A lot of hugs, high fives. <laughs> And we're going to cut to it. At what point did you figure out that you had won the Brainerd ice fishing extravaganza? Um, kind of sweating a nail bite into the end because, well, at first, well, so we checked the standings online when we were on the ice. I think my dad did when we were bringing the fish in, when I was bringing the fish in. And, um, yeah, so we kind of knew then that I had a four-pound lead from anyone else hmm. so we just kind of packed up and went went in you know all right and is there a moment where they just announce your name um yeah i actually went up on stage after the raffle and the drawings were done and stuff at that point were so, you still thinking about an atv for a tulabi Ah, uh, no no i kind of had forgot about that one because they announce you as the winner, and what does the winner of that fishing tournament get? Um, you get a choice between two trucks. A uh, truck. Chevy Canyon and a Ford F-150. Um, crazy. Mm-hmm. Your mind's blown at this point, I'm guessing. Yes. So, so what do they ask you? Uh, you just want a truck. Do you want a Chevy or a Ford? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's kind of exactly how that conversation went. And how did you react? Were you prepared to answer? I just said Ford because I, everyone else in my family kind of drives Ford. So unbelievable. You went a Ford pickup truck. Yep. 13 years old and you went a Ford pickup truck. Yep. That specific color. Do they just give you one or do you get to pick? Um, they have them. Oops. They have them kind of on display there on the ice, so they drive them out on the ice, and there's two of them there. So you just kind of get to look at it and pick which one you want. You're 13. You own a Ford pickup. What color is it? Uh, it's gray. How do you like it? Uh, we sold it back to the dealership, but I really like the money that I got from it. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. So I was wondering if you were going to let that thing sit for a couple of years or be the nice kid and let your dad drive it. So you sold it back. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, we figured that uh, stuff breaks when you leave it sit, so we might as well sell it back to the dealership and get some college money for it. Did you get to keep it for even, like, a day? Um, well, see, we had to go back to the dealership right when we got it. We had to go there, so we kind of went back to the ice castle, dropped off our fishing stuff, got in our truck, and went. And then we kind of just went there, signed on the truck, and then we couldn't we couldn't like sell it back that day. We had to wait for a little bit. Mm. So you get so a little we, time with your truck. We, we, yeah, but we we left it in Brainerd because we had no one to really drive it home. So did so, that did that bum you out? Did you kind of want to drive it home and just like park it in the and just sit in it for an hour? <laughs> You know, I, 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 I got to sit in at the dealership for a little bit, so I uh, got some pictures with it, and then I knew what I was going to do with it if I want it. Did so you? Wasn't, wasn't too bummed out, but yeah. Interesting. I was going to ask you, I, like, did you get it home for a day? Did you sleep in the back of the truck one night just so it could be your own? So you, you took your time, took some pictures, and sat on Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you win a truck. Not only do you get a life lesson in being lucky and amazing at a tournament, but you also get the deal in commerce and getting a truck, selling it back. And like, what do you do after that? What, what's the point of fishing for you now? Um, have fun, I guess. Just spend some time with family. It's yeah. kind of how it's always been. Awesome. Um, it's very unusual, right? To fish a tournament. It doesn't matter whether you're 10 years old or a hundred year old, like this doesn't happen to people. No. Um, no. it, it happened to you. Will, will you go back to the ice fishing extravaganza? Like, do you have something in your mind ticking saying, I'm going to win again next year? No, <laughs> not okay. really. Um, I mean, you obviously think about, you know, going to the same spot, but it's, I can pretty much safely say it's not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So what are your fishing goals then? What are your, what are your dreams? What are your bucket lists? Well, the bucket list would be a 30 inch walleye. This one missed it by about a half inch, but it's still going on the wall. So did somebody promise to get you a reproduction of your fish? That would be my dad. Yep. He's the best. Yep. Well, I only have one fish on my wall and it was my largest walleye. Um, I didn't have two pound line, but I had six pound line and a barbless hook. Wow. And so I'm guessing there's going to be a point at your life where you just have that fish and you turn around and look at it and go, yep. What a day that was. Did you still have the jig by the way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we're putting it on the actual mount itself with the fish. You have to. Yep. You have to. For the rest mm -hmm. of your life, you will have those memories. All right, so you've got a 30-inch walleye on your bucket list. Your buddies, what do your friends say to you? Ah, uh, congratulations, you know. They're all kind of surprised as everyone else is, even including us, you know. Did any of them say, oh, man, you had to save that truck. We'd look so good cruising around in high school in that thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if you of them did? 
Too bad. Your truck, yep. not theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you and I get a chance to fish together someday. Um, that would be fun. Truth be told, I don't think I ever caught a single fish at the extravaganza. So you're awesome. What a great story and what a great memory. And probably the best part, you got to do it with your family. How cool is that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. It was really, really crazy. And everyone in Brainerd now knows you, too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Zach, congrats mm-hmm. to you. Um, what a great moment in time. Um, I am actually starting something this week with the podcast uh, that I hope will become a tradition of the podcast. And we're going to start it with you today. I'm going to start asking our guests two questions at the end. Um so my first one for you is, man, maybe we have our answer here. What is your biggest outdoor moment? Something that changed you permanently? Um, I think it's uh, winning the Brainerd Ice Fishing Contest. I would say that is a fair answer. It's kind of cheating, right? This just happened to be the day we started asking that question. But my second one maybe is not, maybe you don't have your answer right offhand. Like everyone who loves time outdoors, whether they bike, fish, hunt, can't, whatever it is, you have a single piece of gear, like that favorite piece of gear when you get outdoors. Do you have one or can you identify maybe what yours is? Um, for ice fishing, it's definitely my, my rod that I use there. I, what, I got what is fish on that rod. It's a, it's a, ultra not ultra light but it's a medium white panfish rod it's a custom rod did you just buy it did somebody give it to you as a gift uh my aunt got it for me for a gift oh really okay Mm -hmm. well protect that thing because it makes some pretty great memories yes it does well awesome zach thanks so much uh for joining us by the way probably time to end this because you have to get off and do some homework Yep. Boo. Boo. Uh, I hope to talk to you real soon. And on behalf of the Minnesota Bound team, congrats, man. Great job. Thank you. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. These are the stories behind the stories, the Minnesota Bound podcast, and they just don't get better than that one. Hey, I want to thank all our sponsors who help make the podcast happen. Of course, Presented by Kinetico Water Treatment Systems. Also, the Minnesota Propane Association. Our good friends at Star Bank and the Minnesota Historical Society. Until next week, we always say this, and I think today's episode proves the point. Never forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. (laughs) 